Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast where we interview ordinary people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Caroline. And today is a great day. It's the beginning of the new year and episode number three of our podcast. Woo! <laughs> you like that extra woo? Yeah, it's New Year's. Why not? I did extra because now it's 2000. What? 16? That's right. And we for those of you in the future, congratulations surviving past 2016, I guess. Yes, kudos. And the ones living above and below us, hello. <laughs> but today, we talked to Donnie Terrebone. Yeah, he's a uh, local entrepreneur who actually turned his passion into a full-time business. And Yeah, a, he just stumbled into a bar. In a way, well, he did stumble. <laughs> he opened up a bar that he was planning on working part-time in. But immediately, as soon as it took off, it became a full-time job. He had to quit his previous job to get to it. And now he's uh, they've expanded to a larger venue since they first began. And we frequent the bar quite a lot. Oh, yeah. It's actually a uh, a little production secret. Is after each interview we do, we always go hit, hit up his bar, Witchcraft, to get a few drinks. Yep. It's a celebration. And he is not only a bar owner, he's a family man. And he's just a really down-to-earth, chill guy that can get along with everybody and is a great icon in the community. Yeah, very. This guy... I didn't go to this bar for three months. He still knew my name when I got back. He's the funniest guy I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Memory. Yep. Some people have it. Some people don't. Yep. And I don't. That's All right. right. <laughs> Anyways, let's get to the podcast. This is Everyday Superhumans, episode number three, Diane Terrebonne, Master of Witchcraft. Tell us what witchcraft is all about. Uh, basically, it's just um, it's it's a craft beer bar, obviously, but it's about, um, in my opinion, it, it's about getting people to venture out of their norm and to try something new. I don't know how else to explain it. I guess <laughs> no, that, that's but, I mean that's good. that's basically the gist of it. Just to, you know, step out of what you're used to and try it, something new and you know venture out of it. It really helps bring people together, in my opinion. Craft beer, yeah, like, it does. <laughs> actually, kind of like a uh, a dirty little secret of like why I chose my apartment complex when I first moved to Homa is because it's the closest apartment complex to witchcraft that we could drive oh, back really? and forth <laughs> and not worry about being a little bit too buzzed to drive back home. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was kind of a struggle at first because people were not necessarily open to it because, mm-hmm. you know, down here, it's, it's a really close-knit community. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, you know, are very steeped in tradition as far as their upbringing goes and whatnot. So a lot of people were kind of just predisposed to always drinking Budweiser or mm. Miller or Coors, and no disrespect to those guys, but the, the thing is, is they did it because that's what their dads did, and that's what their uncles did, you know, and they just were very close-minded about trying something different because, like I said, you know, it's just a traditional-style culture around here that people tend to just follow. So getting people to step out of their comfort zone and try something new was a challenge at first, but, you know, with, just like anything else, you know, if, especially with, you know, the Cajun heritage, is if you try to explain to people, you know, well... You know, I'm sure your grandmother makes the best gumbo or jambalaya <laughs> or whatever. And if I try to tell you different, you're going to disagree with me. Yeah. Because, you know, that's your grandma, that's her food, and that's what you believe. So my thing is, why are you letting the TV tell you what good beer is? Just try something new. If you don't like it, hey, it's no big deal. You try <laughs> to move on with your life. Yeah, but especially. For the, for the most part, people, once they start trying it, they just keep moving further and further into it. And we have actually a really 
you know, three years into it now, we have a really large craft beer following here yeah, in our I'm, community, and it's only growing. I'm really surprised. Like, it seems like it's a recent thing down here, the craft beer community, but it seems to be growing fast. Like, you have the Bayou Beer Fest, you have right. the Bayou Beer Society on top of that that runs it. Right. And then you have Witchcraft. And from what we, we actually talked to Joel Elmer a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that the craft beer thing is like, like a new like revolution in a way in the small town of Homa. I mean, as, as compared to the rest of the country, Louisiana is still very much in its infancy when it comes to craft beer because it's such a huge thing in every <laughs> other part of the country. But Louisiana is coming along really nicely where we had 25 years ago, we had one craft beer brewery, which was a beta. You know, here we are around 20 breweries in the state right now, yeah. and, and it's growing every day. There's a lot of good ones, like Mudbug has been like one of my go-tos. It's yeah. something that needs to spread further, I think. Oh, yeah, Mudbug is great. Yeah. It's gotten into my veins, basically, and yeah. now I just go from one um, brewery to the next brewery. So have you done any of your brewing, any brewing yourself, any micro-brewing? No, I don't do any brewing. No. Um, basically, witchcraft itself was a hobby for me that turned into a business. And it, it just happened at the right time, right place and time, and it worked out great so far. But, I mean, it's, I've always been a, a big craft beer fan, and this takes up all of my time, so I really don't have time to uh, do I mean, anything. you're running an awesome bar. How did you yeah. get into business, then, if it was a hobby that became a business? Well, basically, um, like I said, it was, it was a hobby. I just always enjoyed craft beer. You know, I'm, I'm from Lower Lafourche Parish, and the, the first beer that we had that came in to where we stayed at, where we, where we live at, excuse me, is was a Killian's Irish Red, okay? okay? And it was the first beer that I've ever seen that wasn't Bud Miller or Coors. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what is this? So, you know, let's get a six-pack, let's take it home. You know, just be open-minded about it. So I tasted it, and I really, really loved it. So from then on, I just continued to always, you know, keep my eyes open for different beers that I've never had before. And whenever I come across them, I pick them up and try them out. It was basically a decision to, uh, you know, sitting there one day, you know, think to myself and say, hey, you know, it would be really cool if I can get the types of beers that I really like in my area and share my experiences and my passion for this mm-hmm. with everyone else who's not really getting any of it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's basically where it, uh, it got started. You know, we sat down with, uh, with distributors and talked to them and, you know, got to find out what they were able to offer to us. And it just kind of was going to be a weekend thing, but it, it blew up so quickly. <laughs> it just became a full-time <laughs> thing. I love your logo, too. Oh, thank the you. The Witchcraft logo. Yeah, do you make that yourself? Yeah, I did. Actually, it's it's more of a rough drawing. You can see it on my shirt right mm-hmm. here. I, I sketched it on a bar napkin, and everybody <laughs> liked yes. it. Everybody yes. liked it, and it stuck. This this version here is a lot more cleaned up because it's cut out of vinyl. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so they couldn't that. get the shading just right. You know, they had to do kind of a hard copy of it right there. It's kind of like the minimalist, like, if there's an app, this is the, the logo I'd look Definitely. like. Definitely. It's kind of yeah. more minimalist logo, basically. See, and everything happens on a napkin. That's right. the first thing <laughs> Actually, we did. Yeah. Our first was logo design was on, on a, a napkin. napkin too. We yeah, were designing logos. I sat there and just, I mean, what you see here was the original right here. <laughs> and I just sketched it out on a napkin. I said, look, this is kind of what I have in mind. And everybody's like, hey, that's perfect. Let's use that. I'm like, well, no, I'm going to clean it up and make it look a lot nicer. <laughs> but this is, you know, the this direction I want to go in. And they're like, well, no, no, no. We want to use this one. <laughs> so there it is. Wow. All right. First awesome. time. Yeah. So uh, when did he officially. Go from it being a hobby to a business. When did that happen to you? The, the first day that Witchcraft opened at our old location was April 28th of 2013. And what made you decide to like, let's just open up a bar instead of just like drinking craft beer with friends? That's I mean, I mean basically, it was going to be a secondary job for us just to make a little extra pocket cash mm-hmm. and, you know, get something started. And we had, you know, friends of the family, you know, had the restaurant there and they weren't using their bar. 
So they allowed us to come in and, you know, give it a shot without really taking any risk. You know, so we just bought, a, you know, a cooler and we got a few beers in the cooler and we set up a web page, uh, excuse me, a Facebook page mm -hmm. and told people, hey, this is what we're going to be doing. And we announced the first day that we opened up, we announced that we were opening for people to come in, have some beers and whatnot. And within 20 minutes, the place was full. <laughs> and we were like, wow. oh, my gosh, this is crazy. And it just, you know, I guess we hyped it enough on, the, on Facebook yeah. that people got excited about it. So whenever we opened up, they all just kind of showed up in droves. And um, my full-time job, I was working in the oil field, the company I was working for, I told them that I was opening this bar. And they were cool with it, no big deal. But then when everybody saw how much time I was Devoting getting yourself pulled away to. from it, they were like, oh, you know what, man, we're... Not that we don't like you, but we're going to have to let you go because, uh, you know, we just we need somebody who can be more reliable yeah. to us, which was un understandable, of course. Decision, yeah. Yeah. So it just, uh, at that point, just became a full-time thing. And, I mean, I think it was more of a blessing in disguise that it happened that way because I was able to devote all my time mm -hmm. into making it really grow. And you and really you love have. it, too. It's, oh, yeah. it's your baby, it is. basically. It You're is probably it? working 24-7 on it. Pretty much, yeah. If, if I'm not here, I mean... For the most part, I'm always here, and when I'm not here, I'm at home with the wife and kids, and they get aggravated with me because I'll be sitting on my computer searching beers and looking for beers and <laughs> yeah. reading about beers and trying to get new beers, and I'm, you know, it's, it's a full-time passion. How, how hard is it to get new beers? I've heard that distribution is kind of crazy when it comes to beer. Yeah, I mean, the government is set up on a three-tier system when it comes to alcohol, so I can't just go... System. It's basically a government-regulated system in order to keep track of everything for tax purposes. Mm. So basically, it goes from brewery to distributor, distributor to retailer. Okay. And there's no crisscrossing in, in any of that. So nobody could like own all that stuff, or what do you, what do you mean by no crisscrossing? Like, like you can't like a brewery say, to... Let, let's say, for, for instance, if there's a particular keg that I needed from Mudbug. I can't just go to Mudbug and get that oh, keg. Oh, you can't? No. Oh, that sucks. I have to get it from my distributor. Oh, wow. Right. It's, it's a government-regulated system. Same thing, like, say, if there's a brewery right next door in Mississippi, you know, it's two hours away to cross the Mississippi mm -hmm. state line and get hey, to this brewery. Yourself, but. I, and they don't distribute here to Louisiana. I can't just go to that brewery or just go to one of their distributors and get the beer. I have to get what my distributors here in my region offer, and that's where I'm, that's where I'm held Man, at. Man, that sucks. So that are there any is. beers that you, like, you really want to get here but no distributors oh, yeah. have done it? Tons of them. Really? Um, oh, yeah. What's a beer? Like, what's the elusive beer that you really want? Uh, I mean, Dogfish Head is a big, uh, oh, yeah. a big player. Everyone wants Dogfish Head. Yingling, of course, everyone wants Yingling. Which, if I'm not mistaken, they're gonna be here pretty soon. Uh, some of my other favorites are Weyerbacher Brewing, Smutty Nose Brewing, uh, Great Divide, um, yeah, Great Divide, before. Allagash, McSorley's, Widmer Brothers. Uh, I, I, could, I could go on and on. Like, have you had uh, is Breckenridge on that list by any chance? By Breckenridge, any? That sure. Is my favorite the Shoots, brewing company. The Shoots has really good beer. They're out of uh, the north northwestern part of the country. Um, Three Floyds Brewing is great. I and mean, we just like do an entire podcast with you just listening, yeah. listing all these off. Yeah, we don't I even need to talk. You can just <laughs> continue <laughs> to yeah, I could go on list on. off all the So it's, kinda, it's hard to find all that stuff. I find a distributor could do it. It so is. Have you, oh, have you thought of doing a beer road trip throughout the U.S.? That would be an amazing idea to go from... I mean, like I one point to one point. Uh, uh, yeah, I would love to do that if I had the time and money yeah. to do yeah. it. <laughs> I, I'm hoping to get to that point but, eventually. But yeah. we, uh, my family and I do take a, um, 
a, a vacation at least once a year, mm-hmm. you know, me, the wife, and the kids, and we'll go mm-hmm. somewhere different. And anywhere we go, it's it's always an understood thing that we're going looking for beer also. <laughs> so whether we go to, you know, we, we've go to Tennessee frequently, we go uh-huh. to Florida frequently, we've been, to, you know, to Colorado, the Carolinas, and I'm always, you know, and it's not only get to our destination and look for beer, it's what can we find along the way, what can we mm-hmm. find along the way back? And we'll mm-hmm. come back with five, six hundred dollars worth of beer a lot of times. So in a few years, I can expect a guidebook from you. (laughs) All right. Sure, absolutely. I could Uh, probably uh, draw one up for you right now. I would document that, though, like on uh, YouTube, like through a blog, like like rain beers across the country as you're traveling. That'd be a fun thing to do. Yeah, that would be cool. That's something I would like to do, actually. I should do that. (laughs) I mean, but for me, you know, as of right now, I have young kids, you know, so traveling is not as easy as I would like it to be with school and everything. So... It's a once-a-year thing. It's just the small things, too. I bet there were a lot of small obstacles that you have to face as a business owner. There are. I mean, you know, like with a lot of... Uh, it's, it's, as far as opening a bar, there's a lot of red tape you have to go through mm, as far as yeah. permitting and things like that. But, you know, I mean, I can't really complain about that because there are thousands of bars all over the country. Everybody mm-hmm. goes through it, so it's just a part of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess my biggest obstacle is when it comes to getting certain specialty beers that are out on limited release... Mm-hmm. The distributors do try their best to, you know, give everyone in the market their fair shake at it. So sometimes, you know, the little guy may get left out. So we do our best to get our hands on everything we can. Sometimes we, you know, we miss and it's, mm-hmm. it kind of sucks, but it is what it is. But you still get, a, you still get your hands on those firkins a lot too. Yeah. Which, I mean, the firkins are easy to do though. That, that's not a big deal. Firkins are like a specialty release, right? Right. It's basically a batch of beer that a brewery will make as a one-time only deal. Okay. And uh. they'll send it out and kind of, you know, see what the response is from people. Just okay. kind of like a... Um, I had no idea, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you still do Firkin Fridays every Friday? or We do a Firkin Friday like once a month. Once a month? Yep. Uh, I yeah. I think next month we'll have it twice. Oh, awesome. I'll be here. So with um, owning a business, how did you get to grow so quickly since you've been open for two years now? And you've already It'll be three years location? at the end of oh, April. Three years? Um, Basically, our clientele, you know, Client. people who are just becoming more and more open minded. And it, it was more more planting that seed in just a handful of people and getting them excited about it and having them go out and telling their friends and their family members mm-hmm. and dragging them out. And mm-hmm. then, you know, the same reciprocation from those people with their friends and family members. It just keeps on coming out. And we, we do our best to, um, you know, with our Facebook and Instagram to always keep everyone informed of what's going oh. on here. I didn't know you had an Instagram. <laughs> we do. We will follow you. We do. She loves Instagram. I, I can't get into Instagram. It's uh, like basically, <laughs> we, we post all the same things on Facebook and oh, Instagram. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, if you're looking at our Facebook, you're seeing the same thing. I think yeah. it, it definitely helps that you have such like a unique bar mm-hmm. and like a smaller area. That way you have less competition, so it really helps you grow. You said you right. already have like people asking you to franchise already, I think you told me. We have had people contact us about franchising, and I'm not saying that it's something that we won't do. Mm-hmm. But as for right now, we're just trying to, you know, wrap our heads around what we're doing here and, <laughs> you know, get all of this yeah. running smoothly. Since we're in a new location, there are still some bugs to work out. There are, st- there are still some growing pains that we need to mm-hmm. get through. But once, once we get to that point, we will, you know, look closer into the franchising aspect of it. And that I bet awesome. there's, there's a lot of things that happen so quickly, too, that it becomes very overwhelming. Oh, yeah. It, it so does. What's, do you have any advice for business owners or entrepreneurs that they're really excited and then all of a sudden all these good things happen to them and they don't even know how to strategize? Like, how did you keep a sane head 
during all know. of the I process. I honestly don't know. I mean, with the help of my wife and my business partner, you know, we all just kind of mm-hmm. take it as it comes and do the best we can with it. You seem like a pretty chill guy for running your own business, though. Like, every time I come here, you just, like, <laughs> always chill, like, ready for conversation with anybody. I mean, I think that's a big part of it also is, you know, the atmosphere that we set up here. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah, by far. This is, I have such a huge, like, personal issue with loud bars. Mm-hmm. I have, like, constant live music playing. Yeah. I like to sit down and drink and talk because the more sure. I drink, the more I like to talk. And, and that's, that's what a- we want here. We want people to come here and, and be comfortable and be able to talk to each other and enjoy themselves and enjoy the beer, talk about the beer. But at the same time, we do want to offer, you know, a, an adult atmosphere mm-hmm. where you can, you know, let your hair down. And, you know, if, we, if you want to get loud, get loud. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. If you want to crank up some music, we'll crank up some music. We have a bunch of guys coming in early today to watch a football game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, we're here to accommodate anybody for any reason. And we, we try to make it feel like home whenever you're here. That way, you know, you want to come back and hang out with us again. Uh, yeah. Uh, this, oh, yeah, go on. No, and it's a great way to know the community, too. Sure. I bet... You I've made know, tons of friends doing this. so many people now from yeah. starting your and own I mean, I business. Guess, I guess it's one of the fortunate things with running a bar is you don't have to follow any specific business protocol when it comes to dealing with your clientele. It's basically just be yourself and have fun with them. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm I'm a re- really relaxed kind of guy. I like to you know sit high and talk and tell stories and joke around and just have fun like anybody else, you know. And I guess the cool thing about it is I get to do it for a living, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like why we uh, every time we whenever we record one of these episodes is that we love to come here afterwards, mm-hmm. just like to relax from everything and just have a few beers to celebrate what we As did. As a victory, yeah. Sure. yeah. Also, sure. this is also the, the only bar in Homa that I don't mind going to by myself because right. it is such an inviting atmosphere. Plus, it's a RA craft beer bar, so you mm-hmm. like say like, "What are you drinking?" Sure, it's instant conversation right there. And people sure. will always talk to you too. It's yeah. a a Which great inviting community once you walk in the door. You did a great job. We, we actually, we actually have a lot of people that have come through here. You know, like women, for instance, who say, "You know, I really like coming here because this is the one place that I can come to that my husband doesn't have a problem with. He's not worried about me mm-hmm. getting, you know, mm-hmm. taken advantage of or hit on or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a home style atmosphere and it's a comfortable atmosphere. And the same thing with the men. You know, they come out here, they have fun, their wives don't worry about them because they've been to witchcraft, they see what it's like, they know what it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's not that type of place. You mm-hmm. know. We try to be more of an upscale place, which sounds kind of ironic. <laughs> it's you yeah. know, but I mean, we try you know to be accommodating to everyone for every reason and just you know make it a, a comfortable atmosphere where people mm-hmm. can feel safe and just have a good time. As a woman too, it is hard to go to a bar alone. Mm-hmm. Usually, I don't feel comfortable going to a bar alone because somebody may. I don't know who's going to talk to me, but <laughs> coming here always seems like just a nice environment yep. to be a part of. And I think the cool thing about it is we have, you know, so many regulars that come through here that really enjoy what we do, mm-hmm. that make friends with you also mm-hmm. because they see you here frequently. So you're not only coming here and getting an inviting atmosphere from us as owners, but from our patrons also who just mm-hmm. come in here and they're they're all like one big happy family because mm-hmm. they all met here and they all have a common interest 
and they have a lot of fun hanging out with each other. I bet mm-hmm. the Top Hat Club uh, really helps too. And the Top Hat Club is the you drink a hundred beers and you get a free shirt. And right, you drink a hundred different beers with us, and you you get on the wall, you get your name on the plaque. What was the inspiration behind that? Because that's a, that's a really clever idea to have like reoccurring customers. <laughs> like that's what like when I first came here, I was like, that's an awesome idea. I kind of slowed down my beer drinking after well, a while. I mean, but I'm gonna call it what it is. It's a sales gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> it works though. Yeah. I mean, it got me coming back a lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know, it also helps people to um, to broaden their horizons. It helps them to, <laughs> helps them to step out, you know, out of their comfort zone and yeah. try something different. And yeah, then, it yeah. definitely encur- it really encourages that. Like, yeah. I, I could come here all the time and like buy a Shiner or a Guinness if I want to, but you're like, right. wait, have I had that one before? Oh wait, I have. Ah, crap, yeah. I need to get something else. And, you know, I've seen a lot of people do that. Also, they're like, you know, I really want to get this shirt. I really want to be on the wall. So I don't really like all of these beers, but I'm going to go ahead and suffer <laughs> through it. Mm-hmm. That, that way, I can you know do this accomplishment. And but you know, usually halfway through, they're like, man, I found a bunch of different beers that I really mm-hmm. like now. So they kind of surprise themselves and also change their mindset at the same time to wanting to try new beers mm-hmm. because they force themselves to do it at first and realize, I really like this, you know? Mm-hmm. And some people, they'll go through the 100 and be like, you know what, I don't want to go any further because I just want to come in here and drink whatever I want to drink. That's fine also. Yeah. yeah. You know? Nobody's holding you to it. You don't have to drink according to your list. Just come in here and do whatever you feel like doing. Have fun. We, we do have, like, at once you get past the Top Hat 100 Club, we have a 250 Club, mm. and then we have a 500 Club. Now, at the 250 Club, you get, like, a garage shirt, button-up shirt with mm-hmm. uh, your name patch. Ooh, oh, I, yeah. those. I, I like those, actually. Yeah, with craft patch on it. Um, once you get to 500, you get your own personal plaque with your name on it, and, and it says 500. It says Witchcraft World Traveler, your name, and then it says a little plate with 500. We have one guy who was getting really close to finishing his 1,000, actually. Holy crap. So we're going to change. Are these all unique beers, too? Yeah, different. I mean... Per page, you have to have 100 different beers. But if you yeah. repeat you know, a beer from one page to the other, that's fine. Okay. okay. So I was like, a thousand, thousand beers. beers. There's a thousand <laughs> beers here to try? Yeah, how many, Not here. How many no. beers? How many, yeah, how many have at a time? Um, somewhere over 400. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But we're always rotating stock. We're oh. always getting in new beers, retiring beers that don't sell as well, bringing in new seasonals, getting rid mm. of old seasonals. So and I guess the we always have breweries that are moving into Louisiana. Like, for instance, uh, Bell's Brewing is moving into Louisiana in 2016. So, you know, there's always that going on also. Mm-hmm. Now, do people come in and actually order liquor? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes. We do have people who come in here that aren't beer fans. they here with their buddies or whatever, so they want to drink something different. We try to cater to them as much as we can. You know, we try to keep high-end sipping whiskeys and, you know, stuff like that. We try to keep wine for, you know... For the ladies and stuff, we enjoy that. But um, uh, we bought our whiskey stock whenever we first opened, and we still pretty much have all of it because <laughs> not very many people come in for, for hard liquor. Maybe if you did a top hat club with uh, whiskey, too, you could have a second round of less happening. Do like 25 yeah, instead. we a beer bore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, uh, just an idea. I, would ca- I, there, I like whiskey a lot, too. So I, I love bourbon. Oh. I'm a big bourbon fan. I'm a scotch guy. I like scotch. Like, there's this uh, scotch bar in, in Plano, Texas that I used to go to all the time. Well, you can have my share because I'm uh, <laughs> not a scotch And my guy. share as well. Yeah. You can have all, <laughs> all the right, scotch All right, I'll take it up before I leave then. <laughs> I like gin, actually. I'm a gin person. I like it. So I need your help, actually. Okay. I need your help a lot. But because I'm going to Europe and I'm going to Ireland and London and Scotland... So, just try everything that I can. What's your advice on that? Uh, Ireland, you're going to want to obviously get a, a Guinness mm-hmm. because mm, you'll never yeah. get a fresher 
better tasting Guinness than you will in Ireland. O'Hara's also has really, okay. really good product. Um, you said London? Mm-hmm. London, um, London Pride, what's that? Fuller's. Fuller's is probably one of my favorites okay. out of London. They have the London Pride, their Porter, they have an ESB. It's really great. Uh, I mean, there's a ton of really, you know, great breweries out in that area. Uh, also, where else are you going to? Scotland. Scotland. Um, All the Scotch. Red McGregor. Uh, really? the Or- Orkney Brewery out of, out of Scotland. It's a great brewery. Um, they have really, really good stuff. Also, um, oh, what's the name of them? I know I'm going on a historical tour, and it's a walking tour. And so you get to walk walk out all the alcohol that you've probably just right. intaked on your... Uh, well, you also learn about the history of London, which is good, too. Right. You got me stumped now. I want to know. There's a Scottish <laughs> brewery that you have to try, and it's... I don't know any good Scottish thing for breweries. iPhones or yeah. Androids. Hang on. Give yep. me one second. Androids better. Just going to say that. No, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Brewdog Dog out of Scotland. Oh, yeah, I've heard Brew Dog. Oh. They do, they're London? They do that, um, they're out of Scotland. Oh, Scotland, okay. They do that TV show called Brew Dogs, and they travel around and, you know, do different beers with different breweries and stuff, but their in-house stuff is phenomenal. Hmm. Really good beers. What about, okay, I have a recent obsession with Canada. <laughs> so, and are there any good Canadian beers that you would... The ones I'm familiar with are Molson Canadian, um, Moosehead, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and there's a there's a French Canadian brewery that I'm familiar with called Dieu du Ciel, which means God of the Heavens. They have hmm. phenomenal beers also. Nice. All right. Because I also want to take a trip there sometime. <laughs> I don't know when because I am poor. So when it came to starting up a craft beer bar down here, like you said, it like if I'll, um, how do you how did you get people to like say open up their taste and like even just come here in the first place? Since you said that you advertise on Facebook, but how did that like turn into? I want to try the hundred beers you have in the fridge today. Um, basically, it's whenever we started doing it, we appealed to the people who, which was a small amount at the time, mm-hmm. people who wanted to come in here and get the different craft beers because, you know, there there was you know a craft beer following already. Mm-hmm. So whenever we opened up, it was it was an easy thing to get those guys in here to, to drink the different beers. So and basically it's just, it just, it just, it's, it's been evangelized since then. <laughs> they go out and they, uh, they tell their buddies and they tell their buddies and they tell their buddies. Word and of mouth. Just, yeah, word of mouth. People just keep showing up. Uh, I like that term evangelized. Because I think that describes the beer fest pretty well down that's here. True. Which the beer fest, like from what I've heard, uh, Distributors will sign on people down here. Like that, they come down here for the beer fest, mm-hmm. and then they sign them on. Have you taken any beers from the beer fest to your stock? No, no. Just no. you just kind of take whatever you feel like is good at the time. Yeah, we yeah. just. Uh, and I feel like with a Facebook page or any sort of social media, they can like the page, but then will they actually go to your product or listen to it? Because <laughs> you know like you have a lot of. <laughs> Just with our own experience, you have a lot of people that support you, but will they actually show up? It's almost, it's, but then it's a risk that you're willing to take mm-hmm. right. because then there's a reward at the end right. when you see those faces. Sure. I mean, I, I think basically for us, it was just 
you know, right place at the right time. Because mm. if we would have tried doing this 10 years ago, it wouldn't have worked, you know. Nah. Our area wasn't ready for something like it. And um, I guess it helps that home was getting a lot more outsiders lately. Sure. Like, sure. her and I are both from Texas and St. Louis, respectively. Yeah. Right. And, I mean, so Homa, if, you know, for, for this region is a central hub. For all the outlying areas, people are always here for shopping, mm-hmm. for dining. Like, for instance, I live in Lower Lafourche Parish. We have nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing. We don't have, I mean, we have, like, you know, a McDonald's, a Burger King, a Taco Bell. We have a WOW now, a Wingery, Ooh. which just opened about a month ago. But that, that's about it. That's it. Mm-hmm. We don't, like, as far as shopping goes, you can go to Walmart. That's it. <laughs> and if that's you, scary. Right. Scary. If you need to go to a mall or whatever or a department store, the closest place to come is Homa. And, you know, it's the same for a lot of these outlying areas, too. You know, like Thibodeau or out west, you know, to Morgan City area, they have to come here mm-hmm. to get the things that they need that they don't offer where they live at. So, you know, being here in Homa for us to open up was a no-brainer because, you know, we have not only Homa business, but business from all the way around. I think the namesake or, or witchcraft is a great name for a bar in South Louisiana because you always associate, like, some people could associate South Louisiana like, with not really the occults, but, like, I don't know, you think so, like, stuff like the Diary voodoo. of a, or Interview of the Vampire. Yeah, voodoo like, and stuff. Yeah, voodoo stuff. So, like, witchcraft is just a great name. But you yeah. told me before where that came from, but where did it come from again? Basically, digging through the refrigerator and trying to decide which craft beer I'm going to drink next. Mm-hmm. So, it's, yeah, it's a play on words. Um, we do have a lot of people who come in here looking for voodoo dolls and candles and things like that. <laughs> we have people, like, you know, call about, you know, stuff like that, robes and didn't someone call you about a robe recently? <laughs> about you know, and I it's mean, like you know, it's a play on words. It's it's not W I T C H. It's yeah. W H I C H. It's so clever. It, it's a question. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like witchcraft. Do you want? And also with like the whole voodoo thing. You're just right. like witchcraft. That's perfect. We don't sell magic. We sell spirits. Where's my drum set? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Go ahead. Huh? Just need to pay us royalties now. If you need <laughs> any social <laughs> media help, I'm the person. <laughs> So your uh, favorite beer of all times, what do you got for that? Favorite beer of all time. If you had um, to drink one beer for the rest of your life, what would it be? Red Tail Ale. Red Tail Ale? From Mendocino Brewing out of California. I never had it. It's a great beer. It's a great beer? I love it. Where's it from? Uh, Mendocino Brewing out of California. Okay. Yeah, I haven't had it. Mendocino. Mendocino County. Hmm. Mendocino Brewing. I've never been there. How about you? If you'd have one more beer. Oh, dang. Really? Yeah. and you know, I'm just growing my craft beer. I have my answer for this one. Tally. The, the, the thing about the, the, the red tail is it's not hard to get. Oh, it's it's not, not one of these elusive whales that you, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not distributed here right now, mm-hmm. but it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just an average everyday beer that, you know, people are accustomed to on that side. I just, I love it. I think it's the best, you know. It doesn't what even does rate, it taste oh, like? It's, it's just, it's a red ale. It's got oh, a little okay. hoppiness to it, a little mm-hmm. spice to it. Mm. I actually was sitting at home one night, had a mug of it, and you know I love smelling my beer as it warms mm-hmm. up and all because it opens up and everything, mm-hmm. and the flavors come out and the smells come out more. And I accidentally snorted some of it because <laughs> I, I was, you know, smelling it real close. And my wife is sitting yeah. there and she's laughing her ass off at me, and she's like, "What's wrong with you?" And I'm like, "Man, I snorted some beer and it's burning my head." And I put the beer down, and then, you know, finally the burn went away, and I still had beer dripping off of my nose. And she's like. Weren't you going to wipe it? And I was like, no, this <laughs> smells too good. And I, just, I stayed there for a minute just enjoying the smell. Another way to consume beer than drinking yeah. it, snorting it. That's another selling point, like beer aroma. There oh, yeah. you go. Yeah. 
Unless uh, I'm not really fond of IPA beer aromas, though. I'm more of a I prefer the darker beer aromas. It smells more like coffee, which I like. Yeah, I love the smell of coffee. An IPA is an acquired taste. Yeah, you know, it takes me a while. I've seen quite a few people who come in here and tell me, man, I absolutely hate IPAs, but I'm going to go ahead and drink a couple of them so I can get them on my list. And before long, they're coming in here saying, hey, man, what's your newest IPA? <laughs> I love IPAs now. Yeah. You know? Or th- same thing with sour <laughs> beers. You know, people weren't always. Oh, I can't get into sours. Sour I'm still acquiring that taste. What yeah. is it? Yeah. Sours. They are. I, uh, really, I haven't describe. even heard of that. Before. I've had a, I had very few of them. My wife does not drink beer. She is not a beer <laughs> person. She does not like beer. But she loves sours. Huh. <laughs> yep. But yeah. before we go, I do want to ask you, like, for somebody, for an aspiring entrepreneur out there who wants to start something that's like within their passion, like maybe from creating a podcast like we're doing to um, opening up a craft beer bar, like, what's the what's a big piece of advice you'd give that person, or? Make a small word of encouragement. If you, if I'm, I'm thinking, if you're going to step out on that limb and, and and make it happen, and really take that risk, be sure in your heart that it's something that you love to mm-hmm. do. Because there is a you know a tremendous amount of stress that comes with it, and you know doing what you love alleviates a lot of that mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And you don't come to work hating what you do <laughs> in the long run, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I've I've worked in the oil field for a long time before doing this, mm-hmm. and there have been times where I've liked my job, and there have been times when I've absolutely despised my job, and it only got worse, you know. So, but because it this wasn't place. this, I, you know, I can get pissed off every now and then. Don't get me wrong, get aggravated, get stressed out, but at the end of the day, I still love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good. I just I guess as a tangent to that. About how many hours per week do you think you put into this job when you first started it? When I first started it, it was really slow, so not a whole lot. So um, 20-something to 30-something. Now, three years later, between working here mm-hmm. and work, you know, doing research at home and ordering beer at home and you know, doing stuff for the company from home, mm-hmm. Probably close to 80 hours a week. Holy crap. But yeah. I'm guessing you like everything, though, because it's right. like your passion. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, basically, uh, from the time I pass out around 2 a.m. to the time I wake up <laughs> at 11 <laughs> to come back and do it all over again, yeah. it's that's hard. the only time I'm not thinking about yeah. beer. <laughs> it's hard to turn it off, though. Once you're really yeah. passionate about yeah. something, it it's something clicks in your brain, and mm-hmm. you just like keep on going back right. and back. To it. And don't get me wrong, you know, if we're going to go on a vacation or something as a family, you know, the wife and the kids mm-hmm. and all, I'm going to turn it off because yeah. I'm going to go oh, and yeah. have fun with my family. And I realize that, you know, for my own, you know, mental health, I need to step away from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, just saying. enjoy myself on some different <laughs> yeah. aspect, you know, some yeah. different plane. It and, overwhelms but, you. But, you know, even, you know, doing stuff like that, if we're going through a place like a restaurant or a store or, you know, a souvenir shop or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, in a different state, and we pass by something cool. Even my kids will say, "Hey, Dad, check out this beer. Have you had this before?" Oh, that's oh, so know, cute. That's adorable. They, they see it so much, you know. Yeah, they're cool with it. I well, want to meet your kids now. Just <laughs> saying. <laughs> uh, I have three little boys. Oh, oh. Yeah. Um, they're gonna be raised properly then. <laughs> yeah. Right. None of them like beer yet, so but they, they still have they still have plenty of time to grow. <laughs> Want to learn more about witchcraft? Check them out on Facebook and Instagram by searching for the names in the search bar. 
Everyday Superhumans is produced by Kyle and Caroline and is recorded on location. Music is composed by Alex Allen. Here's a question for you. What passion of yours would you like to bring into a business? Tweet to us at SuperhumansCast, write down on our timeline on Facebook.com slash Everyday Superhumans, and share a pic of your passion with us on Instagram at Everyday Superhumans. And of course, you can always email to us at EverydaySuperhumans at gmail.com. Like what you're hearing? If so, then sure to rate us on iTunes. That would be super of you. And remember, not every hero can fly, so grab your cape and let's go. One more time, we gotta celebrate, yeah, celebrate. All right, I don't think that's right.